and welcome to Black Girls Drinking Wine. Before we begin, this episode is dedicated to Nia Wilson. Nia Wilson was taking the BART rail train system in the Bay Area with two of her sisters. And as they were waiting to transfer to another train, a man by the name of John Lee Cowley, a white supremacist, walked up to them and stabbed them. And Nia Wilson's throat was slit. And she died on the platform of that BART station. And in the events leading up to his arrest, we saw that um, a lot of people were taking the lead on putting the information out there. Um, Sean King, for example, someone that I mentioned in a previous episode, put it on his Twitter. A lot of people put information. People saw this man on the BART. And it was interesting to hear that people who worked in the BART system did not know who this man was, even though he committed murder on the platform of one of the stations. A lot of people called in with tips. They saw him because, again, he felt very comfortable in his white identity to stick around and hide in plain sight. Finally, he was arrested. And even news outlets, the very few that chose to report on this, are not saying what this is. He is a racist. He is a terrorist. It was a targeted attack. I do not believe that this was something related to mental illness or it was random. He knew that day he was going to target black women and kill them. And that is what he did. This episode is dedicated to the memory of Nia Wilson. She was so young and beautiful. And I can only just send positive thoughts to her family. I can't even imagine feeling that kind of loss. Her sister, who was also attacked, survived, and she spent, she was with Nia during her last moments. So we would like to take a moment of silence before we get into the rest of this episode. Thank you. So, Stella. You've brought us some wine. I have, and this is a bit of a oldie but goodie for Mickey and I. It is a Cabernet Sauvignon by Dark Horse. Now, for those of you who are not familiar, Dark Horse is the business. It is so good. So now I will commence with opening. Yay. Yay. I really like Dark Horse, mainly because of the price range, um, but it's also just a really good tasting wine considering that it's usually um, less than $12 oh, definitely. at the liquor store. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. You may notice that there are only two glasses clinking today because our darling Ming is in Jamaica. <laughs> Dream weekend, looking like an angel, probably. I bet right now in this moment, she is wearing that white feathery bikini top, just looking like a sweet dance hall angel. Chocolate snack. Mm, we love you, Ming. <laughs> Have fun. She'll be with us next week. 
So today's topic of the day. Ooh, let me actually just get a quick sip of this wine. We're getting deep, y'all. So for today's topic, we call this Take Care of You, Boo. Essentially, we're going to get deep and talk about self-care and therapy. Ooh. All right. So to start, therapy. What is it? Let's talk about it. So for Nikki and myself, as members of the African-American community and just for people in color in general. Wait, you identify as African-American? Uh, yes. Or, okay, hold on. (laughs) I know I didn't know this. I didn't know that you chose that label. I'm sorry. I respect it. Wow. Go on. But primarily Afro-Caribbean. Now, the reason I say African-American primarily, I think, is because, like, on any census form or any form I'm asked to identify myself, that yeah. option isn't available. So, like, my default is, like, African-American. I understand. I go with black <laughs> because it's just such a unifying term. It brings yeah. us all together, whether you are Afro-Caribbean or African-American or from Africa. We're all black. That's interesting. I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, no, I obviously identify as black. Like, when I speak to people, like... You know, obviously society will look at me and say, oh, you're black. And yeah, mm-hmm. so first I, like, in my head, like, that's how I identify. But when I speak it, I think I either say African-American or Afro-Caribbean. That's interesting. I never thought about that before. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but yes, talk to talk about therapy, what it means, you know, do people explore it? There's this kind of idea that talking about your problems can only be done in two methods, at least in my opinion. Pray it away, or you don't talk about it at all. Um, And just for me personally, um, as I've gotten older, I've realized the value of, like, checking in, not only with yourself, but realizing when, you know what, maybe what I'm dealing with is not, it's it's too much for me to just be doing these daily check-ins with myself. I actually, you know, will need to speak to somebody professionally about what I'm going through, thoughts I may have had from childhood, things that I thought I worked through that I hadn't. Um, But just in general, there isn't an active push uh, for therapy or the conversation about therapy to even be normalized. It's still something, at least even, at least my parents' generation, that is foreign. Um, And at least for millennials, I suppose, it's becoming slightly normalized, but even within the communities of amongst like people in our age group it's still that kind of like what is that I don't want to talk to anybody I don't know like what if I'm telling them my business so it's still this very strange foreign and scary thing and then you add in the extra layer of accessibility to therapy in general um so that kind of adds for like murky discussion I think um when people in our community talk about it so what is your experience with therapy? Do you care to get into it? Sure. So I have had, I think, two or three therapists in my lifetime. In my lifetime, well, my 32 years of living. Um, I will say the first time that I went, I was very anxious, naturally. Um, I had gone through like a big transition in my life. I had gone through some family trauma. 
um, and just kind of navigating my life as like someone in my 20s. I had no idea what I was doing and I was holding on to like a lot of rigid old behaviors that I thought this is just how I am. Um, and then I realized the impact of that thinking and how it had on my friends, my family, my work. And I really kind of needed, realized that I needed to speak to someone professionally about how that had come to be and if this was truly who I was. Um, so it was very uh, frightening, but over time and tears and resisting with my therapist, my first therapist at the time, it became, it saved my life. Um, I think that had I not gone, I don't think I would have been able to move my life forward at all. Um, and that in all aspects of my life, like financially, emotionally, spiritually, like I, I would have been stuck in this loop of, well, this is just how I am. And, you know, this, that, you know, that's not going to change. And I feel like a lot of people get stuck in that loop of this is how I am. Or like, I don't like talking to people. And it's very dangerous because the things that you tell yourself, whether as a young person, to keep you safe, emotionally safe, um, sometimes as an adult don't always translate. Like you encounter different situations, you meet different people. Um, so I think it's really important to kind of get out of that loop or to rec even recognize that you're stuck in a loop of believing these things that either somebody told you, which happens to a lot of us, or things that you internalize and believe about yourself. Mm. Um, so my experience with therapy was very touch and go. I think currently, just being honest, it's still touch and go. There are times where I can commit to seeing a therapist and then there's something will happen and then I won't do it. Um, so I'm still working on trying to have um, a consistent relationship with and healthy relationship with therapy. But as it stands right now, like I know that it's something that like I need to like explore and continue doing to like do the work. So I'm glad that I'm there because there was definitely a point in my life where I didn't think I needed it. Mm. And there's tons of people out there um, who still have that mindset of I don't think I need it. Like why do I need to go? Um, so just for me personally, with, like I said, without it, um, I don't think that I would be mentally in the position that I am now. I actually am frightened as to what would have happened had I not, had I not gone. And for some people, unfortunately, there's a, like a catalyst or a trauma that pushes them to go. And for some people, it's just like, okay, wow, I have a lot of things going on in here and I, I need to get them sorted out. I mean, that's what it was like for me when I went to therapy. I actually just finished um, a two-year stint myself. Um, shout out to me <laughs> for meeting my therapy goals. <laughs> hey, cheers! cheers. Um, but I uh, remember back in 2016, uh, it was... What a year that was. It was, you know, me working. I, first of all, I was working in a school that was not good. And it's also shut down at the moment. Um, but I had a principal there who was threatening to fire me every chance she could. And I was also trying to finish grad school. And I was doing grad school full time and teaching full time. And completely unsupported as a teacher. So I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And also my master's degree depended on 
making a certain amount of growth in my kids. And it just felt like, am I even going to get there? It was such a hopeless time for me. Um, I then went on vacation with my boyfriend at the time, realized he was not the one, um, was dealing with some stuff with my mother and I had to create distance between us because that relationship wasn't healthy. And so I knew I needed therapy. And so I had started a new job and I was just waiting for that insurance to kick in. And I will never forget, it was October of 2016 because I was counting down. I was like, as soon as this insurance kicks in, I'm finding a black female therapist around my mother's age because I got to work on my mom shit. Um, and thank God I actually, um, the insurance that I, that I have now um, is set up in a way that if you create an account online, there's a separate site for mental health needs. And I just went there and they let you choose through different categories, race, religion, uh, the type of background they had. You could choose all of those things and find someone. So I had a list of black, older uh, women therapists and I worked my way through it. Obviously, they were booked and busy because that's another thing. That's another challenge. If you are trying to find a therapist of color, mm -hmm. that's very difficult. And that's something else that's going to get, get in your way if that's really important for you. And you got to keep at it. So I find this woman, an angel on earth. And I did a lot of work with her around developing... Um, an understanding of what a healthy relationship was, and not just romantic relationship, healthy relationship with myself, with my family, with my friends, um, romantic relationships, all of that. So I worked on that for two years, and I got to a really good place. And I feel really good about um, all of the progress that I made. And it's one of those things where I know that it's not going to be a permanent solution. Something else could pop up and you best believe I'm going to be back on that website looking for somebody to talk to <laughs> because I'm a full believer, um, a full believer in therapy, but coming from an Afro-Caribbean background, it's just not common. Like it's not something that people talk about. I, I really don't think anyone in my family has ever been to a therapist. Um, and I know many of my people, many of my family members who could use a therapist and I've had conversations with cousins like you need a therapist you need to talk to someone this stuff that we went through isn't normal <laughs> um but but yeah I think because there is that stigma if you're gonna go see a therapist that means there's something wrong with you that means that you're crazy that means that you're weak in the mind and you're not a strong person you should just be able to pray and get over it and i'm sorry that's bullshit and i refuse to believe that i think that getting a therapist is the most empowering thing you can do for yourself and for your mental health after you recognize that you need the help definitely um to that point that you were saying about like your family and things like that, like that kind of thinking like gets passed down, mm -hmm. right? And so like when I told my, like, my family members that I was going to therapy, it was perceived as uh, a luxury, um, an elitist thing, a white thing mm. to do. 
And I, that goes back to what I was saying earlier about the lack of equity and accessibility and resources to just black therapists and then just therapy overall. Um, it's viewed as something that we don't do. That, yeah. That we don't do, we shouldn't do. Um, that we shouldn't talk about. Right. Yeah, and just given our, like, the, the trauma genetically that we have that we face as a people and then when you break it down just individually the trauma we go through in our own lives mm-hmm. everyone should have a therapist as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned mm-hmm. um but I will say I think one of the sort of shining lights I think is that for people in our age group there seems to kind of be a push to normalize the conversation about therapy and it's I'm, it's, I don't think the stigma is completely eradicated, mm-hmm. but I do think that, the, like, at least in my circle, like, to mention it is okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I I talk about therapy openly, um, and it's even one of those things where it's like, you know, if, you know, you meet someone new and you're dating, like, mention that shit. Hey, I go see a therapist. I go every Tuesday. <laughs> Do you? (laughs) (laughs) Or even at work, I literally had no shame. I would just be like, oh, no, I'm not staying late. I have a therapy appointment. I got to go take care of myself. And I didn't give a fuck who was judging me. That's part of my self-care routine. And I'm going to say it because it needs to be normalized. I'm not going to hide it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And just in terms of, like, how we spend our time, like, wouldn't it be just so great to like just carve out an hour or 45 minutes just for yourself, mm-hmm. just for yourself to like go to someone and say like, this is what's going on in my life. This is what's going great. This is not going so great. This is what I want to work on. And then maybe gain some insight into things you didn't even know were happening that were going on. Mm-hmm. But speaking of time. Um, well, I do want to mm-hmm. throw in just if there are people listening and say they're in this conundrum of I want to find a therapist of color what are some suggestions you have because I talked about like with my insurance I was able to um, use some filters on the website to find that but not everyone has that ability so sure have any suggestions yes Uh, there is another podcast called therapy for black girls Um, we can include information um, to the website um, on our um, Instagram page Uh, but essentially there's a directory of black therapists therapists of color uh, nationally Um, some of these therapists um, either take insurance or a sliding scale some of these uh, therapists operate under group therapy group settings community-based settings Um, so we can definitely include that information for our listeners who are curious or seeking um, other therapists and hey, you know what? If you have a friend that you know is in therapy and you know you're like, hey, like, is your therapist a person of color? Or if that's not a criteria for you, ask them, hey, where did you find this therapist? Are they taking appointments? Are there any other therapists that are practicing um, within their office that, you know, that I could get access to? Mm. Start the conversation. You know? That's true. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you are open to dealing with a white therapist if you're a person of color. I just had my own experience where there were like microaggressions involved and I was like, nope, I'm never going to see a white therapist ever again. But Hey, if you're open, good for you. Same. I agree. If you're open, that's great. But for the purposes of safety, and as I mentioned, just what we have gone through as a people, Mm. I highly suggest 
finding a therapist of color if you can. So another important aspect of self-care is time management. Whew. Reclaiming your time. Do you feel like you have this pressure to be everything to everyone as a black woman? I mean, I think that is the internal tagline of trauma for black women is we constantly feel that we have to be everything to literally everyone. And literally the last person that, at least for myself, the last person I think about sometimes is myself. Um, because whether you are balancing being a parent or not, your friends, spouse, partner, your job, everyone else's mental baggage, I find that I'm constantly in a space of putting things above myself. Um, so one of the things I tried to work on this year actually was having at least a free weekend of nothing once a month. Um, and Mickey can speak to this. I am constantly running around, whether it's working 12 hour days at work, um, different events, different things with different people. I am constantly on the go uh, to the point where I think I, I whenever I like hang, we hang out, I just have a bag of stuff. Yeah, it's like she's, <laughs> you would think she didn't have a home. I mean, no shade, I love you, but literally walks in with a backpack and like a little weekend bag and she's got a bunch of change of outfits because, you know, the last time she saw home was Friday morning and she ain't going to get back until Sunday night. So, I mean, yeah. I, it was crazy. And I actually have one of those weekends coming up this weekend where I actually have like nothing planned. And if it is something that is planned, I make sure that it's restorative. So I'm actually going to be hanging out with some girlfriends of mine on Saturday, but we're staying in and we're just kind of checking in with each other and hanging out. It's not going to be anything where I have to exert, you know, any type of energy. Um, but going back to that, I, I definitely find that the black women in, in my circle and in my community, starting with my mom and my sisters, just spread themselves so thin that you adopt this mentality of not knowing how to take care of yourself. I remember I mentioned to my mom, this was some time ago about, you know, her getting like a mani-pedi, like me treating her to that or just, you know, something nice for herself. And she didn't, almost didn't understand the concept of, well, how do I set aside time for that? How do I schedule that? Can you do it for me? It was like the concept of her sitting down for an hour or how, however many long was just completely foreign to her. Hmm. Um, but just like for myself, like I'm turning 32 next month and I was thinking about like the way I spend my time. Like it's because it's become something that's I worry about because I get concerned that I'm spending too much time, not necessarily building other people up, but spending too much time not focusing on myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I need to, and I'm trying to kind of re, sort of reorganize my brain to spend time. And the thing about that is I find myself like almost daydreaming about all these things I'm going to have and all these things I'm going to do. But it's like, girl, how are you going to do them if you're spending time with all of these other people? Mm -hmm. And so that's something that really kind of scared the shit out of me, like as I'm approaching 32. And I was like, wait a minute. 
I really need to kind of be selfish. And I think that's a kind of word that people think is malicious. And, you know, as black women, we get told this all the time that we're selfish, we're ungrateful, God forbid that we think about ourselves and think about taking care of ourselves for once. It's instantly branded as something that's malicious. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But how do you reclaim your time, Nikki? Um, I mean, I'm a fan of putting in my calendar, stay home this weekend, or or doing things by myself. Um, I actually enjoy spending time by myself, so it's pretty easy for me to prioritize that. Um, I remember a few years ago, I read a book called Managing Your Mind, and one of the biggest takeaways that I got from that book in terms of time management was every yes to something else is essentially a no to something that's important to you. So I think about things that are important to me right now in my life. This podcast, for example, um, if you would have asked me six months ago if I had time to do this, I'd be like, mm, I doubt it. But it's like, no, if I actually sit down and prioritize this and I understand this is something that's important to me, I can put this in my calendar and every Thursday we record and I know that I need to spend time over the weekend doing some editing and then we're going to upload it on Monday. And because those things are important to me, then I just need to find the time. And if there's people in your life that's kind of making you feel like you're selfish or you're a bad person because you're working on things that are important to you, don't listen to that. Don't question yourself. If something is important to you, make time for it. Because at the end of the day, if you go to everyone else's party or event or you're there for everyone else, you got to turn around and see like when some shit really goes down, like who's really going to be writing for you? And I'm sure that list of people is a really small number when you think about it. I prioritize certain people even in my life just because I know there's a give and take. So... Um, I think a huge part of it is just really sitting back and figuring out what's important to you, like what aligns with your values, um, who are the people that are really important to you and who are the people that are contributing to your growth and affirming you. Those are people worth spending time with. But if it's just like, oh, I, I have to go to this person's um, housewarming because they invited me and if you don't like them don't fucking go you don't need to go to their house if you don't like them I can't stand that feeling of obligation to say yes to everything nah say no stay your ass at home go get a pedicure go get a massage <laughs> clean your closet do something for you that's how I reclaim my time. That's right. Who gonna check you boo? Ow. <laughs> it's so interesting that you brought up the the yes uh, like saying yes to everything because I too struggle with understanding that concept mm -hmm. of like going to something because you feel bad mm -hmm. it, it personally it's completely foreign to me I to me that's almost like when we was, we was in high school but well people do that now and they're grown because they are struggling with this. It right. happens. I, I see this all the time. Yeah, and it's definitely something that, you know, obviously people have like the space to like struggle with this thing in particular. But yeah, it it just it boggles my mind because I can see that this person is 
overextending to the point where it's like affecting their health and they're stressed out and mm -hmm. they literally are kind of carving out minutes for themselves but dedicating hours to an event or another person or it's it's you know it, it, i don't know it blows my mind and i think also it's easy to say these things if you are like you're childless, for example, because I think about women who are mothers and you do have a kid or kids depending on you. And that's where it gets really difficult. And I cannot speak to that. I would like to think that I would be able to do a great job of managing my time and making time for myself, but who knows? Um, I am curious to hear more about that perspective, like a, a woman who has kids and a family and stuff and working how do those women make time for themselves how do they prioritize what kind of commitments they make and what they say no to yeah i mean i think that that's really interesting but it also made me think that at any time at least that i've noticed women going through transitions whether it's career um, you become parents or anything like that, it requires support. And there's this kind of thing where the kind of higher that we go, whether in our careers, starting families, whatever, it seems the less support we get. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're, and that kind of brings in the conversation of like the do it all mentality. Like mm -hmm. we're kind of conditioned to think we can do it all and mm -hmm. I'm sorry like when I become a parent I'm not going to be able to do it all mm -hmm. I've, I've already kind of started conditioning my mind to that because it just creates such a high anxiety stressful mindset that kind mm -hmm. of you carry with you when you're going through a big transition like in your career or becoming a parent um, so I think it's even more important to have the support so that you can take time out for yourself I mean mm -hmm. my god like we both know people in their careers, parents, what have you, relationships, where they're constantly doing back-breaking things and yeah. they don't have the support um, in order to just, again, 30 minutes, even an hour. Yeah. Um, and that can be detrimental. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's really important and, you know, it's good to, you know, take time for yourself. But on the other hand, like, in some cases with new parents or different transitions in your life you need the support so that you can kind of carve out space or space can be provided for you to kind of have time for yourself that makes me think of another aspect to this which is just what are some ways to practice self-care so what i'm hearing you say is asking for support absolutely that is a form of self-care i think that people think, oh, well, self-care is face masks and smoothies and gonna get my nails done, treat yourself, but you can take care of yourself without spending money. Um, and also, there's parts of self-care that isn't that glamorous. So let's talk about it. What are some ways that you practice self-care? I mean, I love a good face mask. I have like six at home right now. Mm -hmm. So don't hate, don't, don't sleep on, don't sleep on face masks. I'm not. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's less glamorous things. I mean, I think I talked about this last episode or the episode before that. One of my things is just watching really shitty TV. 
And for some people, that's like, well, that's not like self-care. But because my job requires me to be on all the time about like, I work in clinical research, so it requires my brain, these different parts of my brain. And sometimes I would just like to not think. And so therefore kind of, you know, being a sloth on my couch for like an hour or two hours really helps me to kind of disconnect. Um, also cooking, I found recently has been very great uh, because I'm able to kind of isolate my brain to focus on like this one, completing this one task. And it's a task for myself. Like I, you know, am cooking dinner for one. I don't have to worry about preparing a big meal or catering to anybody. Um, and that's really great. I love doing that. So cooking and watching trash TV for me um, are what many one of many ways I practice self-care. For me, I would say getting enough sleep is something that I do a really good job of committing to. I know myself, I need at least eight hours. And so if I know that I need to be well rested for something, like when school starts back up again, I'm gonna get back into the whole 9 p.m. bedtime and it's something that I'm really strict with. Um, if I make plans after work, I'm, I'm making sure I'm still in the bed by nine o'clock. Um, so that's really important for me. Um, I like cooking too. It does help me relax and take my mind off things, but even meal planning and meal prepping is another part of self-care because I am really forcing myself to take really good care of myself in terms of what I put into my body. So that's also important. Reality TV, yes, I'm addicted. Um, it just helps me feel good about myself. I'm not going to lie. Um... Also, let's see, what else? Financial management, like I, I think that a big part of self-care is also like saving your money. So I've been really working hard on that. And yeah, it was therapy for a while, but then, you know, that finished. That was a huge part of my self-care routine. Ooh, also memes. <laughs> memes are huge you know it's just like sometimes you just need a little pick-me-up and you just see a really good meme and it, it just it puts you back where you I, need to be I just remembered one my grandmother uh was always a huge fan of word finds so I don't know you know those like uh word find books that, you, that are in the supermarket or drugstore and she would always sit you know in the corner with her tea and do that and sometimes I do that too I don't know if you Mickey, you know that, but yeah, I do word finds or crossword puzzles and I put on some jazz. I put my phone on do not disturb and sometimes I just do that. Or honestly, sometimes when I get home, I leave my phone in my room. Mm -hmm. I take off my Apple watch and I, I disconnect from technology for a while. Yeah, I've been ignoring my phone a lot for the past couple of days and it's been good for the soul. Like I just needed a moment. Um, Coffee, having a cup of coffee while it's still hot is another form of self-care. As a teacher, it's not something that I take for granted. If I can start out with a hot cup of coffee and drink it and finish it while it's still warm, amazing. So yeah, sometimes I actually will just make a cup of coffee, sit right there on the ledge of my windowsill, look outside, and take a moment. It's really nice. Uh, also, I realized like just sitting 
and not doing anything. So last night, like, I got home. I recently purchased uh, this amazing yellow chair and matching ottoman. And it's, like, my safe space now. Like, I poured a glass of wine. I just sat. And I, like, opened the blinds, lit some candles. I didn't even do anything. I wasn't even yeah. thinking about anything. I just sat down. Yeah. Because I was like, wow, I haven't just sat and not rushed to answer work emails or yeah. rushed to kind of plan something or figure out, like, what am I doing? Looking at my calendar. Um, and the other thing is also, I've limited how much I look at my calendar. Mm. And Mickey knows my calendar is literally my life to the point where it like stresses me out to look at it. Um, so I have two calendars and a planner, a physical planner. Um, and I found that in the beginning, I was like, okay, I'm working to be more organized and I can you know, see what's coming up, it became stressful because I constantly had to update it and constantly move things around. Um, so for my, like, for my self-care, what I try to do is, like, all right, fine, like, look at it, but only look at it if I need to change something. It got to the point where I was looking at it and giving myself anxiety about how much stuff I had to do. Mm. And I was like, I have to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, my all-time favorite Going to the movies by my damn self. Oh, I love that. That is my favorite thing to do. Going to the movies, if you can, in the early afternoon, not during prime time, like not Friday night, Saturday night, maybe Sunday at like one, during brunch prime time, um, is my fave. I also love going to the movies by myself. Um, and it's so good to hear other people say this. I feel like other people are like, oh, that's creepy. How are you comfortable? I'm like, no, it's so much fun. First of all, no one's going to talk to you Amen. while you're watching the movie. Yeah. And that's the other thing, like, really quickly. Like, there's, like, such a stigma around people doing things by themselves. Like, people think something's wrong with you because you like to do things by yourself. Yeah, it's really important to just make time for yourself and do things. Don't just, like, sit around and binge watch. Like, go outside, take a walk, mm -hmm. sit down and have a cup of coffee at a cafe. There is a cafe in my neighborhood I like to go to by myself all the time. <laughs> Mostly by myself, but sometimes I'll bring friends. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let us know, like, what are some of the ways that you guys, you know, practice self-care what are like your top favorites? Leave them in the comment section on our Instagram. You can leave it in the comment section on our SoundCloud account. Or you know what? You can just hit us up in the DMs. Whatever. Slide into those DMs, guys. It's we really enjoy getting DMs from you. It's so fun. We do. We like them. All right. So shifting gears. Yes. We're gonna talk about stuff we love. Oh my god. Stella is so excited. Stella, <laughs> what are you currently obsessing over? Oh my gosh. So for stuff we love. So, I don't know if anyone's been watching if you've been under a rock, but I have been a huge fan of Pose. And I realized, while I was watching some of the episodes, there are a lot of, like, late 80s, 90s house music jams that I forgot about. And not just regular house. I'm talking about black house music. Where basically, in the background, someone was just like, wah! Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's all of that. So, I literally had made a playlist or radio station on my Pandora account. Um, one of the groups, I think, was called Black Box. Black Box! Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. And they had this song called Everybody, Everybody. Everybody, 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 Everybody. 
when I tell you when I heard that song, like, come on my Pandora, I was washing dishes, I stopped, and mm-hmm. I was like, it, like, took me back to, like, I don't even know when. Um, LaBouche, Snap. Wanna be my lover, wanna be my lover. I mean, there's so many. I mean, I just... <laughs> I, I don't know, this is, like, so silly, right? Like, I have no idea why this is my obsession right now. It's also a form of self-care. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, guys, I've just been... Listening, literally cleaning, just listening to, like, the best 90s black house music and just feeling like, you know, an auntie in my moo-moo. Ooh. Um, <laughs> something that I've been currently obsessing over are my plants, my plant babies. Um, I'm building a little collection. Um, I started out with just one money tree um, that I've had as long as I've lived here. And then I got, you know, a cactus. The cactus I'm not really, like, a fan of, but it's a living thing. So, like, the cactus just lives here now, but I don't talk to the cactus like I talk to my other plants. I have a little succulent named Lupita. She's thriving. She's beautiful. What? I have a terrarium with more succulents. Um, I have a snake plant. I have a sago tree. Um, And it's gorgeous i went away for the weekend came back and my sago tree like just bloomed with more leaves and it's it's really growing a lot so i would say my plants are my current obsession um i play music and i sing to them while i water them i ask them how they're feeling i compliment them i tell them how beautiful they are because they are my babies like of course they're beautiful Um, And they're just really thriving. I think that they feel the love, um, and that's why they're thriving so well. And I know I sound like a crazy person, but fuck it. If you could see the look on my face right now, guys, you would agree. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. I think you should start talking to your plants, too. I'm just saying. I have two of them. Biggie Shorty and Tupac. Do you talk to them? I do. They owe me money. Oh, my God. (laughs) Biggie, Shorty, and Tupac. Um, So, yes. We're now closing out with this episode. I'm going to leave you with an inspirational quote. Um, It's a tweet by a woman named Kia Juliet. And her uh, her Twitter name is K-I-Y-A Juliet with three T's um, at the end. To the women who haven't been themselves lately, your spark will return and you will shine like you were meant to. It's difficult when you catch yourself not being you, when you feel your whole world falling apart before your eyes. There you go. Take care of yourselves. And each other. Thanks, guys. Check your boobies. (laughs) Bye.